It's the 2nd of August 2018. My name's Dan Gold, and here are just a few thoughts about podcasting. If we go back to May 2005, I produced my first podcast. At the time, I was working in commercial radio and growing really frustrated with the this is, that was style of music radio. Now, don't get me wrong, I loved that phase in my broadcasting career, but I really wanted more. Talk format had never been commercially viable outside of the big cities, leaving only the BBC as a local option if I wanted to move from music radio to talk format. Subsequently, in 2007, I did turn down opportunities to work within the BBC. Speech-based content did, however, become my focus once I moved to London from the South Coast. Before I made that leap to the big smoke, I realised that there were people interested in topics that weren't widely available on broadcast radio, outside of the usual pick lists of BBC phone-in topics, you know, wheelie bins, gardens and nimbyism. There were interests out there that weren't being covered in depth, and it bugged me. So, after researching, I spent time in the studio creating a 20-minute radio-style programme that covered motorsports from the fans' perspective. I had interviews with people from the motor racing world, talked about other publications' articles, and was fortunate enough to have occasional guests. During the daytime, I worked on air on the radio show, and on the weekends and some evenings, I produced the podcast episodes. Now, at this time, it was very early in the podcasting world, so hosting and distribution was not easy. I kept my file format very simple. It was a 64K 16-bit mono MP3, and it was edited on Adobe Audition 1.5, which was formerly known as Cool Edit Pro. And once finished, it was a neat program. It had a mixed introduction and an outro. The question is, was it a success? Yes. That is if you measure success based on uh, adopting new technology, thinking differently and giving it a go. Commercially, it had no revenue. Distribution certainly wasn't huge. And after all, the only people who knew about it were on motorsport forums and chat groups on MySpace. Remember that? Those listeners, however, were totally into it. It was, well, it was like a club. The show was for them and they owned it like it was their own. They were very passionate about it. It wasn't a general all over the place chat show. Rather, it was for a narrow audience. And this was the opposite of broadcasting. I'd never experienced it before. Rather than a bell curve of the type of listener and content, this was narrow casting just for those people. Was it innovative? Yeah, absolutely. This was new programming from the point of the view of the fan. It was distributed in a new way to that underserved audience. One of the recordings that I did was from the NEC motorcycle show in Birmingham. I took a mini disc recorder connected to a Shure SM58, and that was really good. The quality was great. Um, ingesting the source material was done in real time. It's not like now where you can drag and drop files or send them to Dropbox or any other service. It was just like the old days of reel-to-reel. You had to play it in, in real time when you were duplicating or, or editing. The edit was easier. Timeline editing was something completely new to me. And if we go back to the, I don't know, the late 1990s, 
one of the jobs that I had when I first started at 2CRFM was producing record of transmissions, which are called ROTs. And that's where advertisers or agencies would get copies of their adverts or interview clips that were recorded from what actually went out on the radio. And doing this hundreds of times taught me the essentials on, well, as it was known back in 99, Cool Edit Pro and Timeline Editing. I still have a love-hate relationship with editing. I'm very precise on breaths and it bugs me if it doesn't sound natural. And also, just a note for everyone, you don't have to edit out every single um or er. We're human, we do that. I've created a number of podcasts from 2005 to present day and I will continue to do so for myself, for Martin Charlton Communications, And just a few have included comedy for an international FMCG brand, um, audio internal updates for a retail banking group, which actually played out on their phone system, but it was exactly the same process as podcasting, um, a sexual health production for a non-profit, and one of the latest, Startupville, which is a partnership between Martin Charlton Communications and Innovation Place, explores the world of innovation, venture capitalism, investment, and the community around the Saskatchewan tech sector. I've been really fortunate to spec and build three podcast studios and video production studios in London, UK, uh, one in New York City, and another in Saskatoon. I'm thankful for what I learned in my early days in local radio, and I think my willingness to be an early adopter of podcasting meant that my knowledge has led to helping others in their podcasting journeys. I'm always willing to offer advice or support because... Whilst it's really easy to know what technology to use, sometimes whether it's the motivation, the topic, or how to package something isn't necessarily that easy. At the start of 2007, I was invited for a job interview at a regional radio station. The interviewer asked me what I considered to be the greatest opportunity to grow the radio station using new, innovative ways. I replied confidently that podcasting original content to complement on-air activity would be the key. This brand building off-air to build on-air activity was a no-brainer. He replied that podcasting is a fad that will die out. Just a note, that gentleman's no longer in media and the station has since closed. Years later, I look back on that first podcast production and doing it for free. And whilst that's no longer the case, I see benefits of having done it. I now generate revenue for Martin Charlton Communications by making professional programming for clients and their specific audiences. I've always seen that podcasting and traditional media are perfect partners, carefully managed to build both audiences. It's something, sadly, that many local radio groups around the world are still missing out on. Also, the non-broadcast world has such an opportunity to use tools like podcasting to reach and build relationships with their targeted audiences. And as we said back on Mix 106 in the early 2000s, dare to be different. Find out more about podcasting and other services from Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. 